Good afternoon, and welcome to today's call. Um, this is David Cohn. Um, we're going to get started now. Anyone who has any questions, please feel free to interrupt in the middle. We have what to say, or wait for the end. Um, yes, there is. Yes, you can go to uberconference.com slash crckosher, and you'll see us online. Uber conference slash CRC coaching. Mm-hmm. I am. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, uh, we're going to get started. Okay, um, today's presentation is to talk about. Um, we're going to sort of work around the CRC's Pesach shopping guide. That's the couple of colored pages in the middle of our Pesach guide. Um, but it's going to be focused more on rabbis and how the kinds of questions that they would deal with. Uh, we're going to do lots of regular information of, is this the Hashkach for Pesach or not? But uh, we're going to, it's with a certain angle on it that more uh, specifically relates to rabbis. Um, so before I start, I just want to tell you what I'm not going to be speaking about. Um, I'm not talking about medicines and nutritional supplements, pet foods, cosmetics. Those are not the items on today's agenda. Today we're talking about um, foods and inedible items, uh, but not the medicines and the pet food type of things. Okay, um, I'm going to break up what I'm going to be saying into three parts. Um, first is four, what I could, what I'll call principles, um, that particularly for rabbis. Then we'll do the inedibles and then the food items. Okay, so let's let's do let's do the principles first. Um, the in if you open up our shopping guide or you speak to people here at the CRC, they'll tell you that there are items that don't need hashkacha for Pesach. Um, it's preferable to buy them before Pesach. So I'd like to explain what that's what the reason for that is and help understand you know where that comes from. There, there are three particular items that that statement is most relevant for, and they are um, eggs pre-cut vegetables or salads, um, and milk. And the reason for that we have this condition for those foods is because those are items that are sold uh, fresh. That is to say, you know, from the time the chicken lays the egg until it gets to the store, it's just a couple of days. So there is a s- small chance that those items, that they contain hummus in them, small chance the, the eggs get washed and they get stamped, and the salads get washed, the milk has vitamins added to it, so if that were, if the hummus were to be added on Pesach, it wouldn't be bottle. Hummus is bamashu. So the milk, if someone goes and buys a bottle of milk on Cholamoid, it could be that milk had vitamins that are hummus added to it on Pesach, and therefore it would not be bottle. So we say if you can't get these items as cut with a hashkacha for Pesach, then it's okay to buy them, but you should buy them, but you should be buying them um, before Pesach, or food that you know was you know, in the store before Pesach, this way um, you know you don't have a problem, even a small chance, that hummus was mixed in that wouldn't be bottled. Okay, and just on the topic of the eggs, while I already mentioned it, I'm going to mention two pieces about eggs, and that is um, there's such a thing as selling eggs that are already pasteurized in the, in the shell. They come whole eggs. Um, they look like regular, uh, you know, regular dozen eggs, but they mentioned that they're pasteurized. That's not a concern. That is done with heat, but it's done on equipment that's just for pasteurizing eggs, and therefore it's not a concern, and you can use those eggs without hashkafah of the Pesach. 
And on the opposite extreme is the liquid eggs, which are, you know, they come in a, in a box container or, you know, some kind of a box. Those have ingredients and kalim issues, and therefore those need hashkoch of Pesach. Okay? Um, any questions so far? Okay, I'll keep on going. Okay, the next is, there's lots of things that we say need hashkoch of Pesach because they have, either they are or they contain one of the following five things. Starch, glucose, alcohol, vinegar, or flavors. Um, and lots of the foods that we say need hashkoch for Pesach have one of those ingredients in them. And the reason why we tell that to people is you need hashkoch is because all those items could be made out of hummus. They also could all be made out of kidneys, and they all could be made out of things that are completely innocuous, like potatoes. So, from the perspective of l'chadchila, from the perspective of what should have hashkocha, we say all those need hashkocha. No one should be eating hummus, of course, and we should be avoiding kidneys. However, and, and that's serious, because hummus is banashu. But, at the same time, that's all for the l'chadchila. What happens when it's bedieved? What happens if someone did it already? They, they, and this happens, this is a continuous stream of questions like this. I, by mistake, used whatever product, and I didn't realize until afterwards that it was not kosher Pesach. So, you have to bear in mind the following. The, this that we say that hummus is bamashiru is only if it was mixed in on Pesach. But in almost every packaged item that you buy in the store it was made before Pesach. It, it's almost impossible that something could have been, you know, your bottle of ketchup could have been made on Pesach and still made it to the store, to your supermarket shelf, in time to use in a Cholomite. So, the, this that we say that is Bamashahu is not so relevant because for packaged items, except for the few I mentioned before, like you know, the eggs and milk, because there's almost never that, that, that kind of a shayla. So, the rules are, regular rules of bitter or bitter Bashishan. Kidneys is, is even more cow. Kidneys is bottled even on Pesach, and it's about the Baroid. So it's really, it's much easier for the food to be multiple of it. And of those five items that I said to you, starch, glucose, alcohol, vinegar, flavors, in the United States, excuse me, and in the Far East, almost for sure those are coming from kidneys or innocuous sources, and almost never are they coming from hummus. Uh, so for example, let's say someone had added vitamins to milk, like I mentioned beforehand. It's almost for sure that those vitamins that they added to the milk, or the citric acid they added to the salad, almost for sure that it's kidneys. Being made in the United States, or made from the Far East, where lots of these things come from, almost for sure that it's kidneys, and it's bought to arrive. And, and they're even using tiny amounts, even if it was hummus, it would have been bought to Bashishim. So, had it come from Europe, in Europe, many of those items, same items are hummus, but for us, the chances are that those things are not hummus, and they're just kidneys, which means is, um, the chances are that on a bidiyevic level, lots of these items are okay. It, on the lechatil level, of course, we avoid kidneys, and, and obviously we want to stay far away from hummus. But on the bidiyevic level, um, the, the, there's lots of room to, for food to be mutter bidiyevic, and we at the CRC, or if you know someone in a different hashkacha, can be very helpful in that way, because you know, all the items on the list say need hashkacha equally. It doesn't say why it needs hashkacha. But when the situation comes up that someone used barbecue sauce that they didn't know as a kosher with Pesach, the, a person involved in food production, in Hashkacha, like the CRC, can be helpful in explaining, okay, now what do I do? Now, what's the status with the evidence after the food was made? Um, and we're happy to be, you know, provide that background information for rabbis so they can answer shayla to people you know, properly. Okay, the other reason why food needs Hashkacha, besides that it has ingredients that are questionable, is because it made on kalim. That we're not that we're not Pesach. 
Of course, if it was made on kidney scale, it's not a problem. Kidney is about the broiv. But the question is, maybe it was made on chametz scale. So, if I had, a, if I, if a person came in and said, Rabbi, by mistake, I cooked um, my soup in a chametz pot. So you would say, well, the shach says that there's not enough in the pot to be mavat of the and therefore the food will be usher. Under the right circumstances, the food might be usher. But that's all true when you deal with, you know, the way we cook at home. But commercial productions are very, very different than that. Commercial productions are done on big machinery. They're done on machines that are, the volumes of food that go through it are tremendous. Um, and in, in many cases, there's no problem, and the food is going to be, the food is going to be bottled. The food is well bottled, um, such that um, kale issues are almost always not a problem to be added on a commercial level. So, so for these, these two reasons, um, knowing what the ingredients are, know what the kale issues are, are again, when, when you're faced with the question of a bedievet, the food was already made, someone used something, or they're in a, they're in a shasat hat, they're stuck, they have to use a specific ingredient, um, we would, we're willing and we're happy to be helpful to provide that back of information to say, well, really, why wasn't it recommended for Pesach? And let's figure out what to do with the bedievet. Okay, one last thing in this section is, um, there's a few items I have three listed here, but there are, there are probably more, where some hashkachas dif- differ from one another in how they treat those foods. And the first is, and there's, there's a group of spices, um, which we collectively call them anise, um, but truly really it's anise and caraway and cumin, coriander, dill, fennel, and kimmel. Okay, a, whole, a whole family of spices that place can say should not be used on Pesach because there are other grains mixed into it. Um, I myself have seen it. Um, I went to a spice factory and owned by a person who was Shemesh Shabbos, and he went in and he scooped out some fennel just to show this to me, where there it is, mixed in with the fennel, where other grains mixed in. Um, so the, uh, there's a Tazim Agarom about it in Tuflin Gimel, and they say to avoid it, to not use those foods on Pesach. Uh, and in fact, we don't allow it. The CRC does not allow it. Um, but there, there are other Hashkachos who do, um, and who, who claim that they don't have a problem and there's no other grains mixed in. Um, it was a little bit of a touchy situation, but in this situation, Rabbi Schwartz told us uh, we should not allow it to be sold in Hungarian in the Pesach section until we can get better clarification from this Hashkacha, which has not been forthcoming. So it's a difference, an opinion, that we do not allow those things to be considered kashal Pesach, and other people do. Another similar thing is um, cottonseed oil. Um, cottonseed oil is something that most American hashkachas, us included, do not consider to be kidneys, and we use it in all types of Pesach products. But people in Eretz Yisrael, in Chassidim, two different groups, um, do not consider kosher Pesach, they consider it to be kidneys. Okay. And last is um, carbon dioxide. Um, you know, the, the bubbles in your, in your soda, or your beer, or I guess not even beer on Pesach, but your bubbles in your wine or your soda, those can, uh, it's possible that they're recovered from a chametz fermentation, like from a whiskey factory, and the CRC follows those poiskim who say that carbon dioxide from chametz is not allowed on Pesach, and therefore we tell people that seltzer should have hashkacha, but other hashkachas um, do not do that. Other hashkachas either allow all carbon dioxide, or they allow carbon dioxide from kidneys. So, in all these, these three examples that I gave you, um, consumers, and, and even rabbis, have usually have no clue of the standard of the food that they're buying. And it comes at a little bit of a funny situation, is that, you know, if the CRC says to you, you know, you should only buy your seltzer with hashkacha, so you say, okay, that's what I'll do, I'll go buy it with hashkacha, and you walk into the supermarket and you buy one with a different hashkacha on it, you may find out that 
it may be the truth is that Hashkacha doesn't care about the carbon dioxide. So here you were trying to do the right thing. You're trying to say, well, I follow what the CRC says, and they only want to buy my seltzer with Hashkacha. And then you found out that, lo and behold, um, the seltzer that you bought doesn't really have Hashkacha. I mean, it has someone's symbol on it that says Kashla Pesach, but they didn't do anything. And from their perspective, um, they could take any carbon dioxide. So it's a little bit of a not great situation. Um, that they're, you know, We don't always know what another Hashkacha uh, opinion they have. Uh, by and large, the Hashkachas, you know, all agree on what's right and wrong, uh, but there are a couple of examples, these three I mentioned, where um, what's good for one person is not for the other, and you may not get exactly the thing that you were trying to get. Okay. Before I go on, any more questions? Any questions? Okay, well, if we go to the non-food. Okay. Um, there are those who say that uh, on Pesach, people should not eat things even if they're not edible, if they're made out of chametz, people shouldn't eat them. Those people who take that position, they sit and try to guess or figure out whether their shampoo and their cleansers and everything else is free of chametz. Um, as probably everybody on the phone knows, uh, Rabbi Schwartz and Rabbi Reese and other Chicago Rabbanim signed this letter, which has come to be known as the CRC Medicine Letter, uh, which says, well, they consider it to be the correct thing, which is generally accepted, which is that something that's not edible um, does not have a problem with comments. Um, so I don't, I don't have to worry that my uh, eyeshadow or my pills that I eat have comments in them because they're not edible, those items, and therefore we don't worry about that. Instead, we, you know, like, we're sort of like free from that whole c- class of concerns. Instead, we put a lot of effort into figuring out different medicinal and food items, whether they do or don't need hashkacha. Um, we're not talking about the medicines today, but the CRC office puts a lot of effort into them, um, collecting lists of ingredients of different medicines and over-the-counter items and cosmetics. Um, we then evaluate them, look over to see which ones have comments in them, um, and then be able to tell people which ones do or don't have a shino to them. Okay. In, in, the, in edibles, I'm going to mention a few by name um, that are just worth they even have what to say about them, and that is, one is bleach wipes. Pretty common question people ask. Um, we tell people, I'm going to mention this later, that uh, denatured alcohol needs to be kosher to pesa. Um, bleach wipes very possibly have denatured alcohol, but we tell them they can use anyone, anyhow, even though we treat denatured alcohol as something that needs kosher for pesa. Um, but in this case, we, we don't worry about it because the bleach wipes have so many other ingredients that are not usable, not, not edible, that we... All bleach wipes are okay. Um, another, another item is um, charcoal, uh, charcoal briquettes. Um, they are obviously inedible. It's obviously those ones are they're not considered edible. And but if you notice in the packages, there sometimes they'll be mentioned that this is a hickory flavored charcoal or a apple flavored charcoal. Those do not mean that they have a flavor like sprinkled onto them, something edible sprinkled on. It, all that means is that they use a certain type of wood, like hickory wood, in creating this charcoal, and for that reason, uh, it has to give us a certain aroma, but it's not a Pesachish. Okay, and last, the last two are um, crockpot miners and plastic wrap. Um, those are plain pieces of plastic. We do not believe there's any coating on them, and they're fine with that And liquid detergent, uh, like for washing your dishes, is inedible, and since it's inedible, um, we allow it to be, even to be used to wash dishes that have food contact. Others disagree on that. Others tell people that, no, if it's having food contact, you should be careful and only buy a piece of one. Um, it's not something that we be careful at. Just for the information of it, the chances of it having hummus are very small. 
That's the truth. Very small likelihood that those items have chametz, but were they to have chametz, um, we wouldn't be concerned that we consider them to be inedible. Okay, now to a couple of things that, inedible items that people put into their mouths. Um, people are rightfully more concerned about those items going into their mouths. Um, so the first is um, dental appliances, like braces and dentures. Um, we assume, they're obviously they, they themselves don't have a Kesach concern, but we assume that they have no bleas. Uh, they don't need to be kashered. Uh, there are some people who are makbid to not eat hot chametz for 24 hours beforehand. We don't tell people to do that. We don't tell them to kasher them. They just clean, you just clean them well before Pesach and you're okay. Excuse me. The wax that goes on to braces is also inedible and that's also fine. Um, but we, we've found out from dentists that the rubber bands that kids use on their, even adults, on their braces um, are sometimes coated with a starch. The starch is almost for sure kidneys. Um, there's a small, small chance that it could be chametz. Um, so we tell people you're best off just rinsing them off before you use them for Pesach. Okay, the next is um, tobacco. Um, at, this, at this point, there are three types of tobacco. Um, chewing tobacco has flavors to it, and therefore it needs hashkacha for Pesach. Uh, I'm not recommending you use any of these things regular, but just if it's a Pesach question. The next is regular plain old cigarettes uh, are not edible, and they're okay for Pesach. And e-cigarettes, um, so a modern version um, has a, what they call a juice that goes inside of them. Um, those we don't recommend for year-round or for Pesach uh, because they have sensitive ingredients, ingredients that are sensitive for Pesach and even sensitive for year-round. We don't recommend those unless you had one with hashkacha or you knew there was nothing wrong with it. And the last of things that go in your mouth is dental floss and toothpicks are all fine, um, except that we, um, the wax on them is also fine. We recommend you not use ones that are flavored. Okay. The next the last group of items that are inedible are items where there's somewhat of a question, um, somewhat of a question that there might be a coating on them. So, like, for example, um, aluminum foil does not have a coating on it, and it's fine, but aluminum pans do have a coating. That coating is not edible, and we recommend, we let people, tell people they can use whatever aluminum pans they have. Aluminum foil pans have a coating because when you stamp out the pan, the machine would rip through the pan if you didn't have a little grease on it, but it's not something that's edible, and it's okay. Okay, um, dried fruit has on it uh, coating, an oil coating, which is kidneys, um, used to keep the fruit from sticking together. So think of like prunes or raisins or dates or other dried fruit to keep it from sticking together. Um, so they're not crushed the Pesach in the sense that they have this kidneys on it. Um, whether you want to be mocked on that, we tell people they should. We tell people that they should not use it for that hashgacha for Pesach to make sure they don't have kidneys on it. Uh, but again, that's the whole, the seriousness of the concern is the kidneys. Um, disposable gloves are sometimes covered with starch, like a powdery powder on them to keep them from sticking together, um, which is, again, usually kidneys. Um, this industry has got a very unusual way of speaking English in that they, that if a glove has powder on it, it'll just be powdered gloves. If it has no powder, it's called powder-free. Well, if it has an in-between amount of powder, it's called powderless. Powderless means it has less powder than the other brands do. Okay, I know, I know that that doesn't sound like English to you, but for most of us, the word powderless implies it has no powder at all, but that's not true. For gloves, powderless means it still has some powder, so we tell people to avoid those, or I guess they could rinse them out also. Okay, last of this is paper, paper products. For that, I mean paper plates and wax paper and napkins and coffee filter, all those things, um, we've been in paper plants, we've spoken to people in the plants, we've spoken to 
people don't have hashkachas. We don't believe there's any coding on any of those things. It's just uh, plain paper. Um, and we therefore recommend to people they can use them for hotter cold. Um, not a problem. You don't have to worry that there's a starch on top of it. Um, parchment paper is a little different than that. Parchment paper, as opposed to wax paper, parchment paper has a coating on it that we think might be a little sensitive, so we tell people to get that on with hashkacha. Okay, I'm going to move on to the foods. Anybody have any questions? Sure. needs hashkacha for year-round, and the reason why it needs hashkacha is, first of all, just for the equipment of it, but the more serious question for those eggs is that they need to be bishul yisrael. The CRC that I'm aware of gives hashkacha on two plants like that, um, where we have to put in efforts to make sure that the eggs are bishul yisrael. So without hashkacha, I, we would not recommend them even for year-round. Uh, for Pesach, you'd have the added, com- sorry from that, you'd have the added complication of ingredients that are added into the water while they cook it, um, which would... Hello? I know my phone called up. I don't... My phone died. Tell him I'll be on in a second. I'm calling from his cell phone. Hi, it's Doug phone. I'm, I'm back. Um, Sorry that I got cut off over there. I don't know what happened to our phones here. Um, I was talking about eggs. Yes, okay, so I'm sorry that I got cut off. Um, so I had mentioned, I don't, I don't know where I got cut off, but I had, I had mentioned um, that eggs for year round. Yes, eggs for year round. Eggs for year okay, Eggs for year round need hashkacha in order to be sure that they don't have, um, that they have That's the main issue that's risen them year round. You want to be sure that the cooking was done with Bishu Yisrael. Um, for Pesach, in addition to that, you have to be sure that there weren't other ingredients mixed into it, uh, as would be common in the water there, and therefore uh, we would not recommend uh, cooked eggs unless they came with Ashkach on them uh, for year-round, and also special Ashkach for Pesach. I don't know if the person who has the question is on the phone, but any other questions? Okay. We'll go on. If you think of your question, feel free to just, you know, pipe in and say what you have to say. Okay. Um, now we're on to the foods. Um, we're on to the foods then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so toothpaste is something, I, I should have mentioned it, I'm sorry I didn't. 
Duplex is something that we only recommend if it has Hashkoch on Rishon Pesach. That toothpaste is something that is borderline whether it is or is not edible. Um, for year-round, we tell people to use any toothpaste they want to, um, but for Pesach, we tell people that the toothpaste and lipstick, toothpaste, lipstick, and mouthwash, we tell them, should be known to be chametz-free. Um, even though year-round, we tell people to use any type they want to, for Pesach, we tell them that specifically they should use ones that are um, without chametz Okay? Are we all? Okay, um, now we're going to talk about... Yes? Sure. So the answer to that is, that's really not today's topic, but I'll, I'll talk to you about it for a minute, and that is that um, there are two main lists of people put together of different non-food items that they think are okay or not okay. Um, we're not so comfortable with the way they collect that information. Um, we ourselves put together a, a very a smaller list of different uh, medicinal and cosmetic items that we think are okay. Um, we do our information without going to the company. We do based on ingredients that are in there, and therefore we approve or don't approve certain things. Um, we're not so comfortable with the way they collect their information from companies to decide it, and therefore we don't follow those recommendations. Um, what ends up happening is we, in particular, about toothpaste and mouthwash, we have very few to recommend because the standard, you know, Colgate and things like that we can't recommend. Um, typically, there are a few that we can. This year there are two toms of main toothpaste that we're recommending, and two toms of main um, mouthwashes, if I remember correctly, that we recommend to people, um, but we don't, um, we're not comfortable with the way that rest of that, those lists are made, and if we don't follow those recommendations. Uh, I don't remember offhand, I'm sorry, um, not for today. You know, I can give you a suggestion for how to find it, it's a worthwhile thing to know anyhow, which is, uh, we, have a, we have a website that's called Ask CRC. Um, on that website, opens up to a little search box, and if you click off that you want to ask Pesach questions, you type in toothpaste or type in whatever you care about. If you want to care about how to capture a certain kind of counter or anything else, um, you should be able to find information. Uh, I hope, I assume that to- that our that the recommended toothpaste uh, will be listed if you type in toothpaste. Um, but all types of all types of Pesach information um, is on that site. Um, it's year-round also, but for Particularly for Pesach, we get lots of people looking over there because lots of our information goes fed right into there. We can find. Okay, let's let's move on to the food items. Okay, the first is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about that in a second. I'm getting to look with yours in the food items. I know it's not a food item, but I'm going to talk about it in a second. Okay, so first we have a couple of things that are just plain old hummus. Okay, and that is. Um, there's one, something called Benefiber. It's a laxative that people use. Um, the version that's sold on re- for retail use is made out of wheat starch. That's the one and only ingredient in it. And therefore, we obviously don't recommend it for Pesach. There is a version that they sell like to nursing homes, which is made from something else. That's fine. But the one that they sell on retail level is not recommended. It's just plain old chametz. Another thing is, um, you know, the Torah says you shouldn't eat chametz and sa'ar on Pesach. So the word sa'ar is very roughly translated 
um, very roughly translated as um, yeast, which is, of course, not what it means. The word sa'ar in the Torah means um, sourdough, which is something you can get in a bakery, which is they take, they take um, dough and they let it sit for a long time and it gets extra sour and full of yeast. Um, that, of course, is chametz. Um, the most of the yeast that we have in our homes, like, you know, used for, I don't know, if you, if you bake challah at home, mo- most of the yeast that we have um, is not chametz. It's usually just kidneys. Um, there's one type, but however, that is chametz, and that is um, brewer's, brewer's yeast. Brewer's yeast is yeast that's made, it's a byproduct of making beer. Um, when you brew beer, if the yeast has done its thing for the, for the beer, um, they, re- they scoop out that yeast yeast out of the beer, and they sell it as a separate product, that is very much hummus. Um, it's made out of beer, and of course it's hummus. Okay, next is flour. Um, the way standard flour is made is that you take the kernels of wheat, and you sprinkle a little bit of moisture onto them, and then that uh, it helps them milling the flour, and it's, it's in English we call it, you temper the, the wheat, and we treat that as sapphire hummus. Um, we treat it as sapphire chametz, and we would not, obviously not recommend it for Pesach, plain old flour, we treat it as sapphire chametz. And of course, the matzah that you make from that flour, the matzah you make from that flour, um, is in itself a question just because of the tempering, plus there's lots and lots of details in, that it takes to make good kashal Pesach matzah, of course, no one does that for year-round, so year-round matzah is chametzah. Um, that, that, that relates to, and all that I just said to you now relates to regular flour made out of wheat. Uh, flour that's made out of rye and spelt does not get tempered, so it's not hummus. So if a person has rye flour in their house, or spelt flour, and it doesn't have malted barley, sometimes those would have barley mixed into them, but assuming that it's just pure rye flour or pure spelt flour, it's not hummus. You just have it. You wouldn't use it on Pesach, but it's not hummus. And barley, what you call pro barley, also does not get wet in the way while it's being produced, and therefore um, you can keep it for Pesach. And last in this section is uh, Plato. The, the regular Plato, I don't mean other modern compounds, but the plain old, good old-fashioned Plato is made from flour and water, um, and it need, it's not acceptable for Pesach. Okay, now, the, I had mentioned earlier that one of the things that can be made from grain is alcohol. When I say alcohol, in this context, I mean um, beverage alcohol, or we call ethanol. And of course, um, ethyl alcohol, ethanol, like what you, you know, a person, lit, what you drink as whiskey, needs hashkach of the Pesach. Um, but that, that word alcohol, to us, that's what alcohol means in this context, and that's what it means to your regular consumer. For scientists, the word alcohol has, means something totally different. It means something with a certain chemical structure. So they have things like isopropyl alcohol, methanol or butanol. Those are all alcohols, but those are not chametzic. Those can't, or basically are never made from chametz, and those are not a problem. Um, so if someone has rubbing alcohol, which is isopropyl alcohol, it's not a problem. They could use it for Pesach. Um, now, but within the, the category of alcohol, there's something called denatured alcohol. Denatured alcohol means that in order to avoid um, taxes, the government allows you to put certain things that are very poison, that are poisonous or really taste awful into your alcohol as a way to make sure no one's going to drink it, and then they charge a lower tax for using it. Um, that's what someone had mentioned earlier about um, spray deodorants. It's a couple of items like that, spray deodorants, baby wipes, a couple of things that are common. Uh, mousse has, a, you know, different things that have in them denatured alcohol. 
uh, if you look on the ingredient panel, it, sometimes it says straight out denatured alcohol. Sometimes it says SD alcohol, that stands for specially denatured alcohol. Or sometimes it'll say something like SDA41. And that means that this is specially denatured alcohol using formula number 41. The government has a long list of formulas. So we, that, they're telling you we use the following formula to decide that this is okay, that to make this denatured. Um, there's a shilat in the, in the price scheme as to whether denatured alcohol that's made from hummus would be Asher and Pesach. It's a shilat in the price scheme. Um, the CRC chooses to be machmed on that shilat and not recommend items that have denatured alcohol. So if you have a deodorant or a liquid air freshener, um, we don't recommend it unless it has no denatured alcohol in it. Um, and towards that end, um, we gather information, uh, and you can see it on our website, you can see it in our Pesach car, you see it in our SCRC, telling you which ones we find are okay for Pesach. So somebody walks into the pharmacy, sits and looks at a, a 25 uh, deodorants to find the ones that don't have denatured alcohol in them so that we can recommend those for Pesach. Um, other people um, make go about denatured alcohol, and some people are particularly make go about denatured alcohol as relates to um, kidneys. In the United States, as a rule, the, the alcohol is going to be kidneys. So those people would use any of these items. Um, but we tell people to use only the ones that are known to have no hummus in them. Um, there's one sort of exception to that, and that is uh, Perel or other, you know, uh, sanitizers that you rub on your hands. Those are more than 60% alcohol. Of course, it's denatured alcohol. Uh, but the Rabbi Short said, he looked at it, he, he said, the people wanted him to taste it. He was like, forget it. It's completely inedible. Don't worry about it. And he said, we could therefore tell people to use um, Perel and those types of items no matter what. They can use whatever, whichever ones they want to. Okay. Related to alcohol is vinegar. And it's related because the way you make vinegar is you take alcohol and you <coughs> do a second fermentation and it turns into vinegar. So um, anything that's made with vinegar is sensitive for Pesach because... Um, just like the alcohol could have been made from grains, so to the vinegar comes from alcohol, could also be, its source could be grains. So we have ketchup and pickles and mayonnaise, all those items in Hashgacha for Pesach, and the simplest reason is because um, they might have, the vinegar in there might be constant. So this is, this is, I'm going to pause here for a second, just to mention that th- these kind of cases is a great example of where the people who work in Hashgacha can help the rabbi. Somebody calls up and says, I just made, you know, salad for the whole yontif using regular apple cider vinegar. I didn't use the Pesach one. So what do I do now? So, well, what's the Shiloh? How do we decide whether that's good or not? So what, what the, 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 has to go through the person's head is, well, do you use barley amylase when you make apple alcohol? Do you have nutrients and cultures when you make the vinegar, when you make apple cider vinegar? Which of those things maybe is or is not a double reminded? And do you use the same kalim to make apple cider vinegar as you do for hummus vinegar, like malt vinegar? Do you heat these? Do you distill them? So there's all these things going on that somebody who understands how you make vinegar and has, you know, experience in making apple cider vinegar could answer those questions and then say, okay, the apple cider vinegar that the person used, what's the status for Pesach? Of course, it didn't have hashkacha, but what's the status of that item right now? And then, armed with that information, the rabbi can then go ahead and answer the person what they should do with the salad that they made with it. It's easy to just say, no, it wasn't kosher Pesach, you can't use it. Um, but it, this is a good example of where the people involved in Hashkacha who 
understand how these things are made, understand what goes into making apple cider vinegar, can help the rabbi in make that decision for people um, to know whether they should or should not use the food with Okay. Um, the next thing that could be wrong is kidneys. Um, foods could be kidneys. I'm not going to give you a long list of all the foods that are kidneys. Most people, are, most at least rabbis, are familiar with what is or is not kidneys. I'm just going to mention a few little points, and that is, first is, or Schwartz told us, that when we say that something is kidneys, let's say dill is kidneys, that refers only to the seed or the bean of that food. Uh, but it does not refer to the leaves. Um, so if a person wants to use dill in making a soup, they want to, and they, obviously they checked it for bugs, that's okay, that's not kidneys. But if they want to use dill seeds, that they would not be allowed to use. Okay, so the rules of kidneys only applies to the seed or the bean. Of course, it applies to anything made from the seed or bean, like the oil, but the, it's only the seed and bean, that part of it, as opposed to the leafy, you know, plant part of the food, that's okay. Um, also, is that kidneys doesn't apply, as a rule, doesn't apply to spices. I had mentioned the anise family beforehand, but as a rule, it doesn't apply to spices, and also does not apply to um, foods that were not around when the minute started. Um, so, but even though that's true, and even though those things are not kidneys, spices, as a rule, are not kidneys, and foods that are, so to speak, new don't, are not kidneys. However, um, we tell people to only buy grounds. The, the ground spices should come on Hashgach of Pesach because we're somewhat concerned that maybe the grinding equipment was used for chametz also, like for grinding breadcrumbs. And also for little grains, like quinoa, that's a, you know, most prominent example, quinoa, the quinoa inherently is not kidneys, but it's a small little grain, and it's packaged in factories and processed in factories that do other little grains. So they were a little bit concerned that maybe this other grains mix into it, so we tell people to buy those with hummus. Okay, the last about kidneys is, um, I'm not going to talk to you about supplements and baby formulas, but even the ones that are recommended are all, I'll mention, are all kidneys. So therefore, um, of course, the people who use them are allowed to. Kidneys is mutter for choylem and for uh, babies and elderly people, but they should not be washed together with the paste of dishes. Um, we tell people to wash them in the bathroom. Okay, we're, we're, we're winding down. Um, uh, we talked already about like uh, pe- uh, bags of salad and things like that um, but as far as fruits and vegetables anything that's um, vegetables that are frozen are blanched before they're frozen blanched means is they put into a little into a pot where they're cooked very briefly and we're concerned that those kale will be used for other things so we tell people that Blant, uh, frozen vegetables in Ashkacha, frozen fruit is fine. Frozen fruit and frozen berries don't get blanched, they're okay. Anything that's in a can or a jar also needs Ashkacha, and the reason for that is because when you make food in a can or a jar, like you make peaches or tomato sauce or baby food, you cook it once it's in the jar, and those same kalim are used to cook hummus also, like the baby food. You may have carrot baby food, but right before them they may have cooked in an oatmeal baby food, um, and therefore we tell people to buy those Ashkacha. Um, Olive oil, I'm sorry, not olive oil, most oils are kidneys, most vegetable oils are kidneys, um, olive oil is of course not kidneys, but olive oil, like just about every other oil, um, has odors that are considered not desirable, and therefore the oil is heated as a way of removing the odor, it's called deodorized, um, and therefore um, we recommend oils have hashkacha for Pesach, with the one exception that probably you will know, which is extra virgin olive oil, um, that's cold-pressed without any heat, and it's not deodorized, um, and that oil is okay. Um, there's nothing else to it if it's just plain old um, extra virgin olive oil. In this little category, 
um, we changed our policy somewhat about shredded coconut. Um, and we now tell people that you can buy shredded coconut as long as there's no extra sweetenings or flavors or, or anything else mixed into it. If it's just plain old um, shredded coconuts, then they're okay for Pesach. Okay. Um, I, I've already mentioned that alcohol can be a problem for Pesach, as can be carbon dioxide and flavors. So beverages that have those, any of those items, if they have alcohol in them, they have carbon dioxide, they have flavors, they have any other sweeteners in them besides for just plain sugar, they need hashgacha for Pesach. Uh, so, just by and large, the only cold beverages that people can buy for Pesach is just plain water uh, without anything in it. Um, everything else is going to bang into one of these issues. It's going to have flavors or sweeteners or something like that. Um, from hot beverages, coffee and tea um, have, if they, of course, if they're flavored, they're no good. They have issues with um, the way the process of decaffeinating them can potentially uh, bring them into contact with hummus, and if you make them into a powder, like you make instant coffee or instant tea, um, there's a concern that starches into them, so we tell people to only buy those with hashkacha. Okay, and last is uh, meat and fish. Plain, raw uh, meat or fish are okay for Pesach. If it's just as is, and it's like sort of original packaging, then it's okay. But if you freeze fish, there are people who glaze those with uh, corn syrup, so a, a concern of, of kidneys. That's not a concern with frozen meats. However, if a lot of meat gets repacked, in other words, it comes in, you know, 50 pounds of meat comes into the, into the supermarket, and then they repack it into small packages for retail use, um, there's concerns about what uh, what's going on in that kitchen while they're doing that repacking. Um, if they grind it also, we tell them not to use it. Um, of course, if it's canned, like canned tuna, needs have a shkach of a because of the kalim. So, by and large, the, for meat and fish, um, you could buy fresh fish that are not frozen, or you could buy meat and poultry that are in the original packaging, meaning coming from the original, if you bought uh, Sharabar or Ali meat, um, that came in, in their packaging, as opposed to if it was repacked by the store, then you should only buy it if you know that it has no hamasur. Okay, I'm done with, I, with what I want to say. Does anybody have any questions or things they want me to talk about? Okay, so if you have further questions, please feel free to call us. Otherwise, everyone have a good yamte. Thank you.